You're listening to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, Gifted with Potential series. I'm your host, Curlis Phillip. In this series, we share personal stories of struggles and triumph as a source of inspiration for teens and young adults. Today, we're speaking with Carolyn Gaynor from Jamaica. Like many children, Carolyn grew up playing out in the streets until dusk in her home country of Jamaica. Tragedy would strike Carolyn when her father passed away when she was in high school, and later when she lost her brother during her senior year of college. Carolyn, through sheer mental strength and emotional resilience, rose past these tremendous challenges. In this episode, Carolyn shares her story of resilience and strength in the face of so much adversity. Welcome, Carolyn. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Carlis. What was life like for you and your family in Jamaica? Well, Jamaica, we kind of lived in a rural town where, you know, it was my mother, my father, and I had a, a few brothers, four brothers and two sisters. Um, back then, my dad was a minister and a teacher at a secondary school. And so being from a poor working class family, you know, we had our struggles. My mom, she would do odds and ends to kind of help to bring in extra cash to help out with my dad. But overall, I felt like it was a happy home. How would you describe the neighborhood where you grew up? I think that, you know, I have very fond memories of growing up. Um, back then, neighbors were neighbors, you know, and everyone took care of each other's children. You know, even if, you know, being out on the street and my neighbor's mom or dad would be out there, they would be able to discipline me as much. And I had to have the same level of respect for them as my mom. But my most fond memories was just being free and being able to go out and play all day, you know, during the summer, not thinking of fear of, you know, now the children will have fear of being hurt. You know, those things never really crossed my mind. We just did what we get up, we ate breakfast and we would play until dusk um, over the summer break. Those are most of my favorite memories. Your dad passed away when you were in high school. What impact did that have on you? I think for me, that was one of the first pivotal moments for me in my life because my dad was my world. You know, my being the baby of seven, all my older siblings have already were, have left for college and it was really just myself and one of my older sister that was at home. And so losing my dad at such an early age, I think the biggest impact was not gaining that strength that I think a girl gets from having her dad protecting her. So I think that that was my biggest thing for me. That's understandable. Since your dad was the breadwinner, how did your family get by after his death? Well, I think because most of the my older siblings have already left home, it was just really myself and my other sister that was five years older than me. So um, it wasn't a huge impact, which I think it would have been if he had passed away earlier. So my mom 
was already living in the U.S. and she was going back and forth. So she just decided to stay and try to make a life there for us. And I moved in with my older sister, which I think was about 24, 25 at the time, myself and my other sister. And so she became my new mom at 13. And, you know, there are times when I look back now and I think, oh my gosh, I would not have been able to do it if, you know, at 24, taking on a new family. And it was the strength of my sister and my actually my brother, Horace. Horace became my dad. <laughs> and my other sister, Claudette, became my mom. And it was through them that I got strength to be where I am today. Having a large family turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. It's, I don't know. And I say to them and, you know, every year I kind of renew it with my siblings. And I said, I am who I am, where I am is 110% owed to them. You know, talking to one of my high school friends the other day, they reminded me how pivotal my siblings were in my life as a teenager, because, you know, other kids would, even with their parents, they'd be out, you know, on the street late, but my brothers and sisters would always be there, literally getting them to go inside and study. You know, my friend reminded me about that the other day. And I said, wow, I didn't even think about that or remember that, but it kind of reinforced my gratefulness to them for being such strong role models. After you graduated from high school in Jamaica, what were your plans? After high school, I knew that I was going to migrate to the U.S. because my mom was in the process of filing for us. But I don't remember so much having a plan as in just wanting to leave Jamaica and just doing something different because I felt as if the opportunities were not there in Jamaica. So once I got to the U.S., that kind of renewed my drive to become a doctor. But it was the passing of my dad and remembering how helpless I felt when he passed that um, motivated me to become a doctor. How did you adjust to college life in the U.S.? Adjusting to college was a huge culture shock for me because the education system is completely different. Um, I was introduced to multiple choice. I never had multiple choice before. And so that was an adjustment because you have to study a different way. And then having um, not having your final exam being all of your grade, I didn't realize that that was not the case until the end when my final exam come because I'd missed assignments throughout the year, but didn't think much of it because I said, okay, it's not counting towards my grade. But it was, I remember my telling my friend Mark that, okay, so my GPA is not really good the first year, but I'll do better next year and bring it back up. And so he explained to me what a GPA actually was and that it doesn't just change the next year, but it gets added. So it actually is cumulative. And so it was um, eye-opening. Then I realized I had a long, hard road ahead of me to complete college. Were you able to bring your grades up? 
So I started out my first year with a 2.7, I think, or 2.5 GPA. But through a lot of hard work and paying attention, I was. I graduated. I, I didn't graduate, but my final GPA, uh, my fourth year, was 3.5 or close. It was in the threes. Why did you not graduate? So, again, tragedy in my life. Um, in my fourth year, just before my final exam, my brother, my youngest brother, was murdered in New York. And that, I think, affected me more than I thought it would have or more than I really thought at the time. But I realized that I felt like I was, you know, that year, actually, I got a 4.0 just before that last semester, I got a 4.0. And I felt like I was on top of the world. And I was finally, you know, getting things together academically. And him getting murdered and kind of ripping through my family. Um, I ended up not completing my final exam. And then when I did complete my final exam, because I waited a year, I wasn't ready and ended up failing the final exam. And so after that, I just wasn't motivated. I lost faith in myself and school and took some time off. Shortly after your brother's death, you suffered yet another loss. Tell us about that. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, shortly after I got pregnant with twins, and again, I felt like I was on top of the world because my grandmother had two sets of twins or three sets of twins, and no one else in the family was blessed with that gene. And so I was elated because my whole life I've always wanted to, I've structured everything in my life around having children because I, having such a large family and having my siblings being there for me, I've just always wanted to have children. So I was elated. My whole family was elated to find out that I was pregnant because I was in a long-term relationship for five years prior to, but then I lost those babies. Um, they were born, I think, four and five months. I, I got dilated at five months into the pregnancy. One, lap, one lived for a week. And because they were paternal twins, I was able to hold on to another twin for to help her grow. But... Um, I ended up get, developing an infection because of the prior delivery, so they had to deliver the second twin. And she was underdeveloped. She was actually two weeks underdeveloped than the first twin, and so she, her lung was not able to process any oxygen at all, so she only lived for a few hours. That, I think, was the most painful, devastating, heart-wrenching soul tearing experience I've ever been through. And I think most of me died with them. 
but um, I don't know how I came out of that one. Yeah, you definitely dealt with um, some serious trauma uh, at such a early part of your life. You know, your whole dream of becoming a doctor got derailed um, after your brother's death and then having to um, deal with the trauma of losing your twins. I, I can't imagine anyone having to deal with so much um, at such a young age. At some point, though, you decided to continue to pursue your dream. And what was your motivation for doing that? The father of my twins, I was, it was a, it wasn't a good relationship in that he was unfaithful. And so it was losing the twins and his infidelity that I think lit the fire in me to say, because it was the twin. I lost the twins of November, and I applied to medical school, to a podiatry school um, that spring. Got accepted and said goodbye to Maryland. I wanted a new life. I wanted a new beginning. Um, and I realized that just living in the pain was not living. So I went to podiatry school, heartbroken, um, but, and it was during podiatry school that I, I think I somewhat mended myself. You know, I did a lot of soul searching. There was a lot of book reading. That had nothing. It was a lot of self-help books. I think I read every self-help book on the market at that point to get through school and to get through life. I do want to let our listeners understand your sheer determination. Although you did not graduate from college um, because of the loss of your brother, you had the, that determination and drive to still take the MCAT exam, pass it, and enter medical school. So just kudos to you for being able to find the strength and determination and sheer will to do that. You currently have your own practice. Now, what set you on the path of entrepreneurship? I think it's just the drive of not so much wanting to prove that you can do it, but just having the freedom of not being dependent on someone else, um, having the freedom to make your own choices, your decisions, you carve your path in your world and making your own destiny, I think is what has driven me. Um, yeah, I think that's been my drive. I, I don't know how to not do, and I don't know how to sit. You know, I think I look at my mom, and she's been a big factor. You know, I, th I look at the things that she's accomplished after my dad died, um, learning how to drive at 56 in New York City, 
um, it, it was a big motivator for me. And so every time I feel like I can't do anything, I think of my mom and the things that she tries to accomplish. And that kind of gives me strength. That's really good because there, you know, there are a lot of young people who are not surrounded um, by whether it's close family or even friends that um, help them to stay on track. What are some of the challenges you face starting your own practice? It actually, there wasn't a lot of challenge in Texas to start my own practice because I think working in my old group, helping to run the practice, I became a partner after three years, being involved in decision-making process and seeing all the mistakes that they made. Once I left or I decided to go out on my own, um, financially, prior investments gave me the funds to do that. But getting established where I was, I felt comfortable going out on my own and feeling like I would be able to do it. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm a big risk taker. I'm more of a risk averter. And so I try to make decisions that are relatively low risk. Um, so it's getting through medical school and I think was more of a struggle than starting out my own practice. Um, being around my brothers and them running their business, seeing the trials that they go through is part of why I've just kind of decided to do this slow and easy and not rush. And so it it has it hasn't been so much of a struggle as I thought it would have been. And now in you know 2020, I started the practice in 2018. But in this era, having um, technology, you know, with ACA and chart merger, it's the softwares that are out there have made it actually a lot easier. What advice would you give your younger self if you had to reflect on your earlier years? You know, I've reflected on that thought somewhat. And, you know, initially I, I would have said, I think my being that my only regret now is I wish I did this earlier because I took time off after high school. I took time off after undergrad because of the loss. I took time off after medical school. And so I ended up having, I finally did have my children and, but I ended up having them at 40. So I think with the advice I would tell my younger self would be to party less and, um, stay motivated longer so that I would be able to get to this point sooner. Reflecting on all the questions that I've gone through with you during this interview made me realize that it was all the things that I went through made me who I am today and have given me the perseverance to be who I am and the ability to be strong and be comfortable with Caroline. I honestly know where you're coming from. You know, there's that Caribbean saying of what doesn't kill will, will make you stronger. Correct. Absolutely. And I think of, you know, losing my dad at 13, losing my brother, losing the twins. And not only that, you know, developing heart failure. Um, 
I inherited that from my dad, but it made me realize my mortality at an early age. And so I appreciate life. You know, I take the time to do things. I appreciate everything that my children do because I know how much I had to struggle to get them here and be with them. So it's everything that have led up to this is what my success is attributed to. Because I think if anything less, I may not have been successful. So what's next for you in terms of personal or professional growth? Personal growth, I've always wanted to become a pilot. So I have started um, working on my private pilot license. Um, And I think now I'm more about enjoying life and not so much pursuing specific goals, but just enjoying the process and the journey. That's awesome. And maybe one day, who knows, you might fly yourself and your family to Jamaica for holiday. That would be a dream. That would absolutely be a dream. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. To our audience, thanks for listening. To receive new episodes of this series directly in your inbox, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting our website at www.unstoppableyesu.com. Don't forget to join the Unstoppable Yes You community on Facebook and Instagram.